we want to do more than just fill the bellies of some that are hungry. That's, that's all well and good. We want to do that. Um, but we want to see God do a work in their life and make connections with people. See God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Um, it cost about 200 bucks to each time we, we purchase the food and take it down there. And uh, if you ever want to give to that, you can just mark it on an envelope or, or if you give with PayPal, write a little note in there. Even if you feel to give five or 10 bucks towards it, uh, each each Saturday morning, it's about, it's about 200 bucks. Is that what about what it is, 200? 250, okay. Um, that's what it goes directly. You can mark it if you wanna do that, if you feel impressed to give to that. Um, and uh, it sure is a blessing, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just love the Lord together right now. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, you're a good God. Lord, we thank you for your presence tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you tonight. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse number 11. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. They brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched before it, pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel as well, to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. David said unto Michal, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. 
Praise God. God's going to take us to another place in Him. Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If I can have everybody's attention here, that would help a tremendous amount. Praise God. David brings the Ark of the Covenant back into the presence of the Lord. As the Ark of the Covenant comes back into the presence of, uh, into, into the city of Jerusalem, the, they bring sacrifices, they sacrifice. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord. And his wife sees him as he comes into the city. The Bible says that she despised him in her heart. There was a series of events that takes place in chapter 6 that mirrors that which happens to a lot of people. That is, he brings the Ark of the Covenant back into the city of Jerusalem and she sees him and she waits for her moment. She waits until there is, until the victory parade is over. And then she gives him a piece of her mind. After this glorious time of, of, of worship unto the Lord, of dancing before the Lord, of being, uh, of being completely uh, humble in the presence of God, of celebrating the Ark of the Covenant coming back in, Michael, the Bible says, the daughter of Saul, I think I preached from this not too terribly long ago, while she was the wife of David, the Bible describes her as the daughter of Saul. And that was the problem. She was still joined to the, uh, a, 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 her father Saul who represents the flesh, who operates, who is backslidden, who has walked away from God. It was his wife, but she, the Bible says, Michael, Saul's daughter. She was still joined to the, uh, uh, the, the way of life of her father. She was not joined to a worshiper. She, she, she responds to David, and she mocks him, and she looks down her nose at him, and she waits until the procession is over, and the festivities have have subsided a little bit. And then when they're alone, she looks at David and says, how glorious was the king of Israel today. And she mocks his worship. She looks down upon him and she has her say. This is what the enemy of your soul would love to do and loves to do is wait until your victory parade is over. And then we'll come to you and have something to say about your breakthrough or about that touch of the Holy Ghost that you got or that experience with God that you have. This is what the enemy of your soul will do. This is what those that operate in the flesh will do, that are given to the flesh, that are not surrendered to God. 
They will not celebrate with you, but they will find something wrong with what you have done. They will find something wrong with your worship. They will find something to nitpick and something negative to say. And and if you don't understand what you're dealing with, it can press you down. If you don't understand what you're dealing with, that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. If you understand, if you think you're dealing with a person that is resisting you, it can it can. It can be very discouraging unless you realize that the enemy doesn't like any progress that you make in your relationship with God. The moment that you decide I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be uh, just a dead person in the chair. I'm not going to come to church and be a statue. The moment that you decide I'm breaking out of apathy and I'm not going to just do the mediocrity thing. The moment that you do that, you can rest assured that the enemy takes note and he's going to try. He's going to try to resist you. He's going to try to bring something in your life that gets up in your face and either mocks you, makes fun of you, or just resists you in some way to hope that you'll relinquish that, that newfound hunger for a new place in God and you'll just go up, go back to the cesspool of mediocrity and just do what you've always done and, and not rock the boat at all. But David's response to her is the proper way to respond to any spirit that comes against you in your desire and your hunger to be used by God, in your desire and your hunger to go beyond where you currently are are right now and that is as he looked at her and it says basically if you think that this is something special you haven't seen anything yet because I will be more vile than this and I will be more base in myself what he's saying is I'm not I'm going to regard myself less in the future than you have seen right now I'm not I, you haven't seen me worship yet you haven't seen what God is going to do in my life yet I'm going to be more than I am right now. If you've got something negative to say about what God is doing now, you better just get ready because God is going to do more in my life than you even see right now. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him? Hallelujah. 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 When David brings the Ark of the Covenant back into the city, the way that he responds to the presence of God, to the glory of God, is he danced and he offered sacrifices unto the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. He, he got rid of his royal robe and he became as a commoner. It was his humility in the presence of God. It was his humility before the Ark of the Covenant that caused him to get rid of his royal robe, contrary to popular belief in some. He was not in, in, improperly dressed in front of people. He was not immodestly dressed before the people. He was girded with a linen ephod or his under the robe that was under his, his royal robes. What, he, what the Bible was saying is he made himself as a commoner in front of all the people. He disregarded his own royalty because of what the Ark of the Covenant is. And when we get a glimpse of what the glory of God really is when we get an understanding of just how powerful and how glorious our king really is we will become base in our own eyes we will humble ourselves and my own opinion of me will cease to exist when I get in the presence of almighty God 
Oh, hallelujah. This is where we've got to get. You've got to lose every bit of your pride if you're going to worship him the way that he deserves to be worshiped. The worship that our king deserves is not just a little golf clap on Sunday, but the worship that our king deserves is for somebody to get rid of their pride and say, I've come to worship. I've come to dance. I don't care what you think, but the presence of God is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. David sets the example of what it looks like for the, for, the, for the Ark of the Covenant, for the presence of God, for the presence of God and the law of God to come into our life. It wasn't just, and, and, and just as I'm here just thinking about this, the, the Ark of the Covenant didn't just represent the power of God. It didn't just represent the presence of God. It wasn't just the glory of God, but it represents the law of God. His Ten Commandments were in that box. So I don't, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to tell you who God's people are. God's people are the ones that can shout over his word. I don't need just a Sunday touch, but I'm going to dance because his word is coming in. You want to talk about something exciting to me? Give me his law. Give me his word. Give me his truth. That's exciting to me. Oh, I love the Spirit of God, but I love the Word of God. I love the law of God. I love His truth in my life. Hallelujah. God's church loves the word. God's church loves his law. God's church loves his teaching. God's, the, the teaching of God is not restrictive to me. It is that which sets me free. It is the word of God that gives me liberty. It's the word of God that I stand upon. It's the word of God that teaches me to come out of the world and to be separate. It's the truth of the word of God that I love. Hallelujah. 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 That Ark of the Covenant had set in the holy, had set in the holy of holies in the tabernacle. And over time, the tabernacle of Moses had ceased to exist in Obed-Edom. David knows there's a problem here. We gotta get the we gotta get the we gotta get the ark back where it needs to be. And David had a desire in his heart. He said, this tent, it's not good enough. Uh-uh. This tent is not good enough. And David desired in his heart to build a temple for the presence of God. It was in the, it was in the heart of David. He's like, this is what my God deserves. That, that, that mentality has got to get a hold of each and every one of us. It'll change the way we worship. It'll change the way we live of what my God is deserving of. Hallelujah. My God is not deserving of just some of, of just a sacrifice that could be brought by, 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 by anybody. But my, my God deserves the greatest sacrifice that I, I could give him. My God deserves the best that I could possibly give him. This is in the heart of David. He wants to build, he wants to build the Lord a temple. And uh, 
He comes and brings the Ark of the Covenant. It would be, it would be his son Solomon that would build the temple uh, that we know as Solomon's temple and, and, the, and the beauty and the grandeur of that, of that building. It was astonishing. But David brings the Ark of the Covenant back in and it is a great victorious time as the presence of the Lord comes in. It didn't just represent his presence and his glory. It did represent that. But it, the, the, the law of God, the Ten Commandments were inside of, of, of the Ark of the Covenant. And, 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 and David rejoices over this. It's, it, it, as apostolics, we don't just rejoice over a good move of the Spirit. But we have got to learn to rejoice with the law of God. It's the law of God. It's his word. It's his truth that teaches me how to live every day. I can experience his spirit in a moment, but it's, it's his word that teaches me how to live and exist in that Monday through Sunday, not just in a, in a couple hours of time. It's his word that teaches me and establishes me and changes my life. I'm all about somebody getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized, but I'm as equally excited when that person gets in a Bible study and and begins to learn how to live what they have experienced. Oh, hallelujah. I want the Holy Ghost to fall on everybody. But I also want everybody to learn how to live in what they have experienced. Because if I just experience him but I don't live it, I have gained nothing. So I've got to learn and grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to get his word. His word has got to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. I don't just want to experience him. I want his word to correct me. I want his word to teach me. I want his word to set my feet on a path. I want his word to take me out of my former life and teach me how to live in this new life. I want his word to be everything that I'm hungry for. That was in the ark. That was in the ark. And David dances before the Lord. And as they bring the ark of the covenant back, after it had been stolen, they bring it back. And he dances and he rejoices and he worships God with everything that is within him because it meant everything to him. And there comes Michael, the daughter of Saul, his wife who did not have his spirit, who did not have his love for God, who did not have his, his did, did not echo the same sentiments that he had for the things of God. And, and what happened is, is even though she was his wife, she was in opposition to him. She was, a, she was a stumbling block. And this was told by Saul. The Bible says after David killed Goliath, he said, I will give my daughter Michal to be his wife that she may be a snare unto him. Read it. It's in there. So when, 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 he, when she comes into his life, Saul knows good and well that she's not going to do him any good. And here comes the time where he's worshiping God. And he's, he's, so, he's so elated and excited to have the presence of God where it needs to be. And he's bringing it back. And it's a great victory and they sacrifice they sacrifice and they worship and they dance before the Lord and they're excited and they celebrate the, the coming of the ark of the covenant, covenant where it needs to be and 
And then there comes Michael. Oh, weren't you glorious today in, in the presence of everybody? Weren't you, weren't you glorious today? Didn't you, didn't you make yourself look real good? And, and that was her way of, of just saying, you looked, you looked like an absolute fool in front of everybody. That's what you look like. You're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to be dignified. You're supposed to have a certain aura about you. You're supposed to, you're supposed to look so good. You're supposed to be dignified in your actions and you're supposed to be above the people. You're supposed to be up here and the people are down here. But he made himself like all of the commoners that day when his royal robe came off and he was just like everybody else in the presence of God. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter who you are, how what your pedigree is, how long you've been in the presence of God. When the presence of God comes in, we're all on the same level at the foot of the cross nobody's better than anybody else nobody's got an edge over anybody else but the people that get God's attention are the ones that get excited about the coming of his presence into their life hallelujah Oh, let's lift our hands and love him right now. Can we do that? Let's magnify him. Hallelujah. 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 And he looks at her. And this is what God's people have got to learn to do. Is when that spirit comes to intimidate you and try to get you to quit. Is when that spirit tries to make you shut up. It may be a look from somebody. It may be a smirk from somebody down the row. Oh yeah. It could be the person sitting right next to you that's putting a low-key pressure on you to keep it cool because you're going to look like a fool if you, if, you start, if you start doing what you really feel like. That spirit is, 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 is there waiting for somebody to just try to worship God the way that they really want to, and you can feel it. It's just it's in your, it's in your, in your head, and you can hear that voice telling you, you better not do it. You better not do it. Just, just keep your cool right now because somebody's going to laugh at you. Somebody's going to have something to say. Somebody's going to smirk and laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you but you've got to you've got to look at that spirit and say if you think that if you think this is something that I'm going to be more vile than this I'm not going to stay at this same level of worship but my life is going to go to a whole new level I, 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 this is not going to define me right here but you just better watch what God is going to do there's got to be something in your life that says I'm not satisfied here I'm going to let God take me higher my worship is going to a whole new dimension my commitment Commitment is going to a whole new level. My consecration is not going to stay here. It's going to get greater. It's going to grow. It's going to be more powerful than it's ever been before. Oh, somebody ought to stand to your feet right now and say, God, that's what I want. Uh, that's what I want. I don't want to stay in the same place, but I want to go to another level in you. My worship's not going to die. My worship's not going to stay the same. I'm going to be more hungry. I'm going to be more hungry. I'm going to be more excited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That spirit of Michael, her fate is already sealed. She will never reproduce. She will never, she will never produce anything for the rest of her life. 
That spirit, that nasty spirit that wants to mock and make fun of people when they worship, how they worship under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That old nasty spirit that wants to smirk and laugh. I'm going to tell you that the fate of that spirit is already sealed. People that laugh and make fun of other people when they worship and they're consecrated, they will never produce anything of any eternal value. It is the greatest curse that could have come upon her as, as the wife of David and as the daughter of Saul. She would never produce children from that moment forward. What that is, that was the curse of God that came upon him or came upon her in that moment. Let me tell you tonight that the worst thing that could happen to God's people is that we wouldn't reproduce. But the blessing of God upon God's people is that her womb is opened. And from that very moment, her life would be changed all because she chose to mock and make fun of somebody. She chose to to roll her eyes at the king. She chose to have a snarky uh, remark to make about the worship of King David. But you've got to understand tonight that that spirit has got to be driven out. And there's only one response to that spirit. There's only one response. If somebody has something negative to say, you've got to make up in your mind, I choose him over you. I choose my king over anybody else. I'm not concerned about your opinion. I'm not concerned about what you think about me. If you thought that that was embarrassing, you better take a look at this because I will be more vile than this. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just begin to take your feet and put them up and put them down. Say, I'm going to be a worshiper. It's what I am. It's what I am. It's what I am. It's not just something I do, but it's who I am. You've got to, you've, God want, what God wants to do, he wants to take the exception in your life and make it the rule. What does that mean? That means something you do every now and then. It's got to be something that is a part of your DNA and who you are. That it's a part of your reputation. That when people look at you, they know that you're a worshiper. They know that when you come into the house of God, that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to radiate out of you. And somebody next to you is going to feel the effects of the worship and praise that comes out of you. I'm telling you, there's a Paul and Silas spirit that wants to come into this church to where you begin to worship and pray and praise and People around you start getting delivered. People around you start getting the Holy Ghost because you're a worshiper. Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand. Connect with somebody close to you right now. Lift up your voice unto the Lord. Say, God, that's what I want. Come on. Come on right now. Let it get in your DNA. This isn't just a one-time experience. It's got to become who you are. You've been apathetic for too long. You've been dead for too long. You've got to get honest with yourself and say, I'm done with just being a spectator. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I love his glory. I love his presence. I love his word. Oh, God, that's what we want. God, that's what we're hungry for. God, that's what Springfield needs. The lost of this city need a church that loves him more than anything. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to cross the bridge in this church. We need to cross the threshold of somebody needing to get in this pulpit and say, okay, it's time to pray. But when you walk in the house of God, something flips in your spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost starts pouring out of you. I'm talking about a radiating of the presence of God that comes out of you. That when we come together, something's about to explode. Something's about to happen. Something's about to take place in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's that type of atmosphere that's going to make the Holy Ghost absolutely irresistible for sinners that come in here. I'm talking about an irresistible experience to where sinners that don't even know what's going on, they begin to break down and weep and cry in the presence of God, not even understanding what they're feeling. And they need some, oh, I feel the angels of the Lord right now. They need somebody to walk up to them and tell them, you're feeling the Holy Ghost right now. And if you'll lift your hands, God will fill you with his spirit right now. I'm talking about a power that's coming in this place I'm telling you it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen I prophesy it in Jesus name it's going to happen in Jesus name clap your hands unto the Lord right now and give him praise Hallelujah. Everything we do, everything we do has got to be saturated by the Holy Ghost. Everything we do. We, can't, we don't pick and choose where we want the Holy Ghost to move. But every time we get together, it could be in music practice, the Holy Ghost is going to break out. It could be in staff meeting, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. In every home group, the Holy Ghost is going to show up. I, I, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost is going to be in everything that we do. The Holy Ghost is going to fall in every meeting that we have. There's going to be a manifestation of the presence of God in everything that we do. It's time to quit, start, it's time to quit compartmentalizing when we want God to show up. If we're going to be what God wants us to be, the Holy Ghost is going to have to show up every time we get together. But there's a people that say, I want it. I want it. I want it. That's what I want. I want his presence. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's revival time on Sunday morning. And it's revival time on Sunday night. It's revival time on Tuesday night. Oh, hallelujah. It's revival time. Every time there's a small group, the Holy Ghost is going to show up. It's not going to be just some dry old meeting, 
but the Holy Ghost is going to move in. He's going to minister. There's going to be people that are convicted. The Lord's going to minister. to. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is going to saturate every single thing that we do. Hallelujah. We're going to cross that threshold. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now and lift up your voice and say, God, I'm going there. God, that's what I want. I'm going to cross the threshold. Lord, that's what I want. That radical spirit is coming in here. Hallelujah. There's going to be radical prayer. There's going to be radical giving. There's going to be radical worship. There's going to be radical outpouring. Everything we do is going to another level in the Holy Ghost. You're going to walk back into your kitchen tonight praying in the Holy Ghost as you go to bed. You're going to wake up in the morning talking in tongues, ready for God to do something. He cut, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, it's time to go from experience to experience and go from visitation to habitation. I'm taking this home with me tonight. I'm waking up with it tomorrow. I'm going to walk in it. It's not just something that happens every now and then but I'm going to walk in the power of God Hallelujah. You're going to come into this place this week, and the Holy Ghost is going to meet you in here in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. There's going to be powerful apostolic prayer happening in this sanctuary throughout this week. You're going to walk in here and the Holy Ghost is going to be waiting on you. And you're not going to have to struggle and toil to go deep, but the Holy Ghost is going to be there. And you're going to intercede and there's going to be a spirit of travail in here. And sons and daughters are going to be born when Zion travail. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, when we seek after him, we will find him. If we will knock, the door shall be open. If we ask, we shall receive. God wants to pour it out more than I I want to receive it and I'm going to step into it. If that's what you want tonight, I want you to gather around the front right now. Come down here to the front, lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now. Say, God, pour it out on me. God, pour it out on me. God, I'm hungry. He kind of, I'm tired of the same old, but I need a new dimension in the Holy Ghost tonight. I need a new hunger for the things of God. I'm tired of the same old God. I want revival. in the name of Jesus turn around and lay hands on somebody right now and impart faith into them in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
okay. Come on, somebody break out of your norm. Say, I'm not going to just be a worshiper every now and then, but it's going to get a hold of me. over to connect with somebody right now and lose faith in their life. Come on, find somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Pray for them. Let faith be imparted. Let strength be imparted right now in the name of Jesus.
Lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Lift up your voice to Him. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah.
us to be diligent in our fasting this week. Take your day of fasting as much as you can. Get over here to the church. Pray a while. Seek the Lord. If you're wondering why, you know, what does it make a difference where I go? Yeah, if you make the if you make the effort to get here, the sacrifice to get over here, that's part of it. <clears throat> Praise God. I'm telling you, God's building some stuff that's gonna some things building in the spirit. Let's stand tonight. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and love him together. Hallelujah.